What's up, y'all? It's your man, Ernest, so you love Ernest, same guy, different name, back again with another episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast. So before I get it started, big disclaimer, oh, I guess it's a big disclaimer. Um, no, I'm not doing this episode, uh, I'm doing this podcast every Wednesday. I know I started last Wednesday, and obviously you're hearing this done on a Wednesday as well. It just so happens that, you know, this week, um, I planned on doing it Monday like I, you know, always do the podcast. But, you know, unfortunate situations happen Monday to where I wasn't emotionally ready to do the podcast. Um, That's number one. Um, Number two, Tuesday, you know, my pops came by. uh, So I just spent that day with him. And, you know, today's Wednesday, so we're doing it now. So before I get into the rest of the episode, I do want to give Mac Miller his own segment, at least. Um, Now, I understand people are probably going to go up in arms and be like, well, you gave XXX at Stancion his entire episode. Why not give it to Mac Miller? And that was my original thought. I was thinking, well, I should do three episodes this week. One for Mac Miller, dedicated to Mac Miller. One for the various topics that I want to speak about this week because I didn't want to skip over a week. I didn't want to continue skipping weeks um, because then shit happens that I end up wanting to talk it, talk about and then uh, it just piles on. So it then becomes more work for me and nobody's listening to this. So why would I do more work? If nobody's going to listen, that's number one. Number two, um, you know, that that was, you know, that was that would have been episode number two if that was the case. If I gave Mac Miller his own episode and then I gave the usual topics I talk about its own episode. And then number three, the third episode would have been my weekly insecure recap that I do. Uh, of the latest episode of Insecure that, you know, I've been doing since this, since the beginning of uh, season three of Insecure. So that would have been three different episodes this week. Again, maybe if you do listen to this podcast, one, I'm going to need to see some follows at least. Um, But if you do listen to this podcast and you're a fan of that notion, you should have said something. Um, but for now, you're going to get the usual two this week for, you know, the time being, of course. I'm not going to do two every single week. Uh, it just so happens that you're getting two simply because of the Insecure wrap-ups. But once Insecure is done, you're not going to get a, a recap of my opinion on any other shows. Not that I don't watch any other shows, because there's plenty of other shows that I watch. It's just... Um, you know, I don't really feel like the discussion is, you know, worth I said this during my recap, on um, Insecure Recap. I don't feel like those shows, uh, have a wide enough audience to where I feel like people are going to want to listen to my commentary on it. And I'm not saying Insecure really brings in a lot of views for me, but it is at least it's at least something to where if I post it wherever on social media, I'm pretty sure it's going to attract a lot of people because of the discussions of how discussion based that show is. But let me get into the Mac 
Miller tribute first and foremost. Rest in peace to Mac Miller. Um, sending prayers, condolences, best wishes to his family, close family members, uh, close friends, and all of his family members. Um, and yeah, when I heard about this, I was saddened by this news too. Um, just like everybody else who was a fan, and I'm, I'm pretty sure who loved Mac Miller. I was a fan of Mac Miller. Well, I am a fan of Mac Miller. My fandom of somebody doesn't just die when they um, when they die. You know, I'm still a fan of Prince. Prince is still my favorite musician and one of my favorite people of all time. Um, same goes for Mac Miller. He's still going to be uh, somebody that I revere uh, and I hold dearly. Uh, when it comes to music, I'm not going to say I'm like that. He's he's made so much good music for me. OK, I'm not going to say he's made so much good music that I'm going to hold him up to a print status. No, but I think what was most lovable about Mac Miller and what I loved most about him was who he was. Um. He made good music, I will give you that, but he also was just a a good human being. Um, to me, he was like the model human being. And I know it sounds weird because Mac wasn't perfect, neither am I, but Mac Miller has a lot of qualities that I am striving to have. Um, that I wish I had. Um, I'm only a year older than Mac Miller, and yet I still look up to him and see a person that is just a, a really good human being. And because of his heart, so basically, this dude was probably I didn't. And now I've only met him one time, seen him one time. Because he threw a free concert uh, when he first came out. When he first came out, he threw a free concert here. And I went to that concert. I stumbled across it, actually. It was outside and everything. I was just, I was, you know, uh, trying to, you know, get at some girl. Try to convince this older girl I was, you know, this older woman, I should say. That I was, you know, basically uh, thirsting after at the time for the longest, finally got her, convinced her to, uh, uh, at least give me the time of day to hang out with me that one, that one time. We went walking, we stumbled across this, you know, big crowd. I say, hey, you know, what, what, what's going on? And dude, out of excitement, yo, it's Mac Miller, he's throwing a free concert. Now, the girl wasn't a fan of Mac Miller, I, at the time, I'm still a fan, but, you know, I was like, I like this guy. I heard a song of his. It was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, I wasn't a, as big of a fan as I am now of Mac Miller. Um, but I still ended up staying, and she obviously left. And that obviously caused some friction between us, not only because I was, she she just is like, you know what, you was thirsting after me, and now all of a sudden you didn't. You're not even going to leave this free concert for me. Um, 
You know, at the time I wasn't thinking like, oh, this guy, I, I really got to, you know, meet Mac Miller. It was just for the experience. And I don't want to sound like I'm taking a Madonna route and I'm making someone else's death about me. But this is just my story I'm sharing. And then the rest, I swear to God, is going to be about Mac Miller and a whole bunch of other things I got to say. So this is going to be a pretty lengthy episode, just to let y'all know. But um, yeah, I was something just told me to stay. Maybe it was uh, I know a little bit of it was me thinking, well, you have no chance with this girl anyway. In fact, she probably only agreed to see you today out of all days. Um, is because she was probably just bored or maybe she probably had plans with somebody else and they flaked on her. So she wanted to make herself feel good. So she finally let the thirsty nigga that was thirsting after her for, you know, a few years, finally get the chance to see her, not even touch her because of, you know, the initial hug we had was like an awkward type hug, right? It was awkward because it seemed as though she was just like, eh, you know, get off me. I'm just here because I want you to make me feel good. That's what it was. Uh, So I got, you know, that was that. And I stayed and I saw Mac Miller and I was impressed, obviously. Um, And I was like, this guy is cool. And then I continued to listen to his music and continue to have the same thought. This guy is cool. He is a dope artist, but just, you know, as I listen to the lyrics of, you know, no more songs, I'm like, he's funny. He's smart. He's very kind hearted, very kind hearted. Again, a person with a big heart, loving individual, uh, very mature for his age. At the time, I didn't know I was older than Mac Miller. In fact, I didn't even know dude was so young, 26. Um, I really thought he was, I didn't think he was super Jay-Z age old. Um, no disrespect to Jay because Jay's not super old, but you know, he's older than Mac and I. But um, I didn't think he was 26. So when it, when the news came out and they're like, he's dead at 26, I'm like, Wow, I just turned 27. That's crazy that I was so young when I saw Mac, yet Mac was so young as well. He probably was, we probably were even about the same age. Uh, Again, this is when he first came out. Uh, So I was, that, that didn't dawn on me. He looked young, obviously, but I, it didn't dawn on me that this is somebody that, I could possibly, I could have, if we obviously lived in the same state, neighborhood, city, uh, we could have grown up together because we're close in age like that. And that would have been super dope because again, not Mac Miller, not just on an artist level, but as a person is a very dope person. And again, I'm not just talking about the way he dressed, his swagger. Nah, I'm talking about how much of a cool, nice dude he was. And how even as a a male in this masculine world of hip-hop, he was so unafraid to be vulnerable. He was so unafraid to admit 
that, um, you know, he, he had depression. He was, he had, uh, feelings of, of sorrow. He was, his, his feelings hurt. He didn't just go through the feelings of anger. He was also, you know, not unafraid to talk about how happy he was in music and interviews during certain projects. He's made projects dedicated to his happiness. He's made projects dedicated to his sadness. But the one thing I would say, despite my feelings on any CD, whether it be his last album, Swimming, which I did a review on, on my second uh, my second channel, the My Two Cents podcast, um, whether I, no matter how I feel about that album, his last album, any other album, a mixtape that I've listened to, the one theme that I've gotten was even during his most rock bottom down states, depressed states, he always saw a light and he was always talking about, he was always hopeful, hopeful for better days and so hopeful to where it was like he 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 would do anything to make those days happen now that is something refreshing for me to see someone do because again most of the motherfuckers i see who are down on their luck and depressed myself included we tend to just give up but not mac miller mac miller never gave up and now it probably seems to some you assholes out there. Well, he was on, he went back on drugs, so he kind of gave up. It, you know, drug habits. You know, these things are in certain people's DNAs. Like I truly believe in my DNA, there is a drinking habit. Hence, why I don't drink. Because I'm not trying to expound. Again, I'm not trying to make it about myself. I'm not going the Madonna route, but. I'm trying to bring it all together here. I feel as though that, you know, a lot of the males in my family, due to my dad's side, uh, you know, they drank out of depression. And I think that's a character trait within our DNA. So who's to say that isn't the case with Mac Miller? Now I'm not saying that it is an that is an excuse for anybody to abuse alcohol or drugs. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is some things are harder to fight more than others. Like I, again, I don't I don't believe there's drug habits in my DNA. And I'm not saying that's the case for everybody who's an addict of alcohol or drugs. There are some people who just choose to do those things and there's nothing in their DNA that's hardwiring in their brain that they have to go through, you know, certain type of, uh, you know, they have to go through certain type, uh, some type of therapy to rewire their brain so it doesn't go to that extreme of drinking or abusing that drug or drugs, right? Some addicts don't have that type of wiring. They're just choosing the bad route because of the temporary high or feeling they get 
the numbness they get when abusing alcohol and drugs or drugs and or drugs, right? So I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. I feel as though that is the case for Mac Miller because when I was watching Breakfast Club interviews, I remember uh, the one or two times he was on, he could have been on more t- more than that. Um, I watched those interviews. Now, these were a long time ago, but I watched those interviews. And he talks about uh, getting over drug abuse and stuff and like how he was hooked on drugs and then people were so shocked because of how well-functioning he was when hooked on these drugs. But, you know, that's something that I don't think Mac Miller, out of all the lying motherfucking rappers out there, (laughs) Mac Miller definitely was not going to be one of those people that lies about being hooked on drugs or abusing drugs in their music to seem cool, right? He never gave me that vibe. So when I found out, when I first found out, because this isn't, this overdose, although is, you know, shocking to the fact that because he was sober for so long, it's not a surprise. And that's not a diss to Mac Miller. I don't want any of you sensitive motherfuckers listening. And <laughs> no, I just for 17 minutes, I just praise this dude and shit. I can go on for 17 more minutes. Let's see how long I go on because I'm not done saying what I got to say about Mac. Or this situation. But. I, I, I'm i praising dude. But I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm surprised. His death is due to an overdose. Now am I saying that he deserved it? No. You're going to hear assholes say shit like. Well he made the choice to take the drug. And we keep saying that if you take the drug. You're going to die. Like. You're going to see people say that online. You're going to hear people say that offline. The thing is, Mac Miller, it was deeper than that. It was deeper than just a choice because he wanted to fit in with his rap peers. You could say that excuse for the rappers who I feel as though are only doing these drugs and abusing alcohol and and having bad sexual relations and bad just uh, broken emotional connections with women or just with the people in their life because they feel as though that's how a rapper is supposed to live, right? We can talk about that another episode. But right now, we're talking about Mac Miller. Mac never gave me that vibe. I knew about his drug situations. His close fan, uh, friend, uh, friends, fans too. If you're a really fan, uh, this shouldn't surprise you. I'm not saying that it should make you be numb to the fact that he overdosed on drugs, that he passed away. But it should not surprise you and family members as well. Obviously, with all these situations, it should serve as a learning experience to everybody. 
whether you are on drugs or not, whether you drink drink alcohol or not, it should be a learning experience for everybody. Like I I like to say about with Easy's death, um, it should have been a learning experience for hip hop to be more responsible with their sexual uh, sexual behavior. So. I'm not, I say all that just to say that I'm not surprised. I'm still, you know, it's not going to be something that I'm going to get over. And what I mean by get over, his death is not going to be something that I'm going to to just forget about. Like, oh, I forgot he's, he's, he's dead. No, this dude was so damn young. Has so much more growing to do. And the thing is, if you've been paying attention to Mac Miller, you've seen that growth. That That's what saddens me more, is you continue to hear the growth within his projects and to see that growth when you uh, saw him uh, during interviews. Or if you were fortunate enough to be around him on a daily basis, you saw that growth. If you are around him, you know, since his, since he got into the limelight, um, you know, so I wanted to say all that. Now I want to get on the, 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 the fake fans out there or the, the, the people who consider themselves fans, but want to take this situation to glorify their own drug abuse or to place blame on people. Because we always, we meaning you, not me, but we always got to blame somebody for somebody else's decisions, right? We always got to place blame on this, that, and the third with XXXXTACION. People want to blame his, for some reason, they want to blame his baby mother for the beefs XXX was getting himself in, right? They wanted to trash her and, 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 and threaten her. I've seen people, not not a lot of people, because I don't pay attention to uh, fucking the cycles like that on social media. Thank God. I follow some idiots, but nobody that moronic to go that extreme. But when you click on these trending topics, you see everybody. You don't just see the people that you follow. You see everybody's reaction. A lot of people's reactions have been... Um, well, not a lot, but I've seen reactions, far too many reactions, I, I will say, of people wanting to blame Ariana Grande for what happened to Mac Miller. Now, I know Mac Miller's friend, uh, a press came, uh, I mean, not a press conference, but he put out this statement, basically. Uh, and, well, he didn't put out a statement. He said on his own podcast that Ariana Grande was the driving force, basically, for Mac to continue to be sober. Now, people could take that one way. They'll take that as, oh, since Ariana Grande left, Mac, you know, couldn't, he didn't have anybody in his life to um, keep him, you know, keep him in sobriety. Therefore, he fell through the cracks. 
or they could have taken that as, you know, since Ariana, since him and Ariana, I mean, Ariana and Mac broke up, you know, let's blame her because it's her fault that Mac Miller started drugs again. And, and, and her, his death is on her. Or you could be the mature individual and look at it as, I'm so glad there was somebody in Mac's life that was making sure he was not only loved, but taken care of. And it seems like Ariana Grande was that individual. Now, I'm not going to front. I've said things about Ariana Grande. I've made hot, I call them flaming hot Cheeto takes, about Ariana Grande, how this is obviously way before Mac, way before, you know, Mac Miller's death and before I even knew he was back on drugs. Because, again, I knew he had a drug issue. I didn't know he was back on drugs, though. I listened to Swimming. I didn't hear, I may have missed it. I may have missed it because I listened to it once. I'm not going to front like I listen to it every single day because the only song that I listened to just about every day from that album was the song Don't Know. I think it's the most beautiful song on the album. And then when I go after Mac's death, when I go back and listen to it, It it tells a lot about his relationship with Ariana Grande. But it also says, and this is the part what I was saying about Mac earlier, about what I loved most about him was even during depressed times, he was always, you know what, but I will be fine. At the at the, the, the very end of the uh, song, uh, like at the end of the song, he says, I think we're going to be just all right. Thank God. And then he repeats that line um, one more time. And then he goes into the verse. He goes into the uh, the last words of the song, right? Go listen to it. It's called Don't Know, D-U-N-N-O. Just go listen to it on YouTube. Again, most beautiful song on that album. Again, if you want to know my entire thoughts on that album, you know, not to be disrespectful disrespectful to Mac because I'd expect Mac to do the same thing. I am plugging myself, but I'd expect Mac to do the same thing. Heck, I'd want him to plug himself throughout all my shit. Shit. I don't care. So go to the My Two Cents podcast. Once again, wherever you listen to this podcast episode, it's the only other podcast that I'm listening to. Go there. You can search wherever, you know, that that episode is still up there. And no, I'm not going to change my mind for those who are going to ask that silly fucking question. No, I'm not going to go back and listen to the album just to change my mind and change the rating because and change my thoughts because of his death. How I feel about his album, Swimming, and this goes for any artist, whether they're alive or dead or whatever. You know, my feelings about their projects during that time. Are my feelings during that time. I was listening to the album. Right? So. I'm not going to. Oh man. This artist just died. Let's give him a 10 out of 10 now. It's because they just died. Because it's something nice to say. 
Listen, if I didn't have anything nice to say about somebody, a famous person or not, when they died or when they when they were living, I'm definitely not going to force myself to say something nice when they die. That's that's not how I operate. I know I am of this generation, sadly, but the you millennials got it all fucked up. If you didn't have anything nice to say about Mac Miller when he was alive. Now, granted, you may not have paid attention to him. And then now after his death, you listen to his music. You saw interviews and stuff. You read stories from family members and friends and stuff. And then you're like, okay, I feel like this guy was a great guy or whatever you feel something nice to say. I'm not talking about if you're that type of person. But if you're the type of person who dogged the shit out of Mac Miller when he was alive because you didn't like his music, which is fine. You didn't think he was his personality was, you know, worth complimenting in interviews, which is fine. These are all of your opinions and you're 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 allowed to feel however you want to feel about anybody. But don't be the individual that dog shit that shits, you know, dog shits on somebody's name. When they're alive because of whatever you're feeling at the time. But then when you find out they're dead, now you want to, you know, talk about how great they are. That's that's a problem with this generation. And I know other generations have done it too. But that's a problem with uh, a big issue I've seen with millennials. So, no, I'm not going to rethink my thoughts on the swimming album. For those wondering, of course, Mac would have wanted me to keep it real, so I kept it real, as I do with all of my album reviews, as I do with every episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast, the podcast you're listening to right now. Mac kept it real. So whether I agreed, whether I rated an album high or not, It doesn't change my thoughts about Mac Miller. And I know I went all over the place. I was talking about the shit people were giving Ariana Grande. First of all, stop it. I don't have much else to say about that, honestly, other than stop it. I may have said my hot takes about their relationship and Ariana Grande as an individual and the type of dudes that she liked to mess with at the time. I tweeted that out, or I said whatever, but if you want my true thoughts, my non-hot take, not looking for reactionary thoughts about Ariana Grande, I don't know the woman, but to hear that she was very adamant in making sure that Mac Miller was on the right path, that that's pretty fucking dope of her to do. And, 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 and again, I am not blaming Mac Miller and saying he deserved it. You're going to get a, you want that type of reaction. I can point you to somebody that I saw say that online on Twitter. So you want to get mad at somebody, <clears throat> get mad at that individual. I can tell you who said it. I can point you in a direction. I will tell you.
Who the fuck tweeted that shit? It wasn't me, though. So let's get that straight. But I am not saying Mac Miller, you know, should have known. But, oh, he, he did the drug. He did the, like, he did the drug. All I'm saying is uh, not, neither Ariana Grande, neither Schoolboy Q, neither Tyler the Creator, Neither my man Thundercat, neither my man Zach Co- Zach Fox, uh, neither uh, anybody that was tight with Mac Miller. They don't have control over Mac Miller and Mac Miller's decision at the end of the day. Now, again, I am not saying his decision was made from a, yeah, I'm going to do these drugs because they're cool and I'm a rapper and this is how rappers live. Again, there's his, as I was stating before, his brain, I believe there's something in his mind that was hardwiring him. It was hard to, to, to combat that is what I'm saying. But. That does not give the excuse that because Ariana Grande, while they were together, was very instrumental in keeping him off drugs. And as we know now, they're not together anymore. And he, for some, I don't know how long, so I'm I'm going to say for some time, I'm guessing, he was probably... Back on the drugs after their breakup. Again, it, it may have been just that the one hit he 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 used uh, the day he was on the drugs, and then he ends up dying. Right? You hear shit, situations like that happen all the time. People get off um, uh, meth and heroin and crack and all other drugs, and they're sober for some time, and then they fall through the crack, but then. Their last hit was literally their last hit because they they passed away due to an overdose. You know? So, blaming other people, what you psychos do, y'all need to stop that shit. And I want to end off this point uh, talking about the fools who want to glorify their own a possibly own drug uh drug habits and not learning from this situation cuz like i said earlier this should be a learning experience it may not be for everybody but it should be let me take a sip of water real quick though <sighs> all right so talking for 35 minutes straight that's a lot Anyways, this should be a learning experience, but then I see a Mac fan, um, and this dude is just a cornball to me. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought he was funny months ago when I followed him, and then he just proved to be a cornball. Um, and you know, you know somebody's a cornball when they have an app that shows you who unfollowed you, and then he takes a screenshot of... Everybody who unfollows them 
And then he makes a fucking cornball comment about him not liking their tweets anyway. So he's glad that they unfollowed him and he's going to return the unfollow. Motherfucker, if you didn't like the person's tweets at the end of the day, why'd you even follow them? That whole follow follow to, to follow back somebody shit is whack. All right, grow the hell up. Um, especially when it, this dude is just a full beard and, you know, I only brought up his full beard because it's like, bro, you, you, you about like, you about 5'11 or six feet and you got a full beard and you're still acting like a little kid. Anyways, not to get distracted, but this dude's going to tweet about, uh, this is the, the afternoon, I will say, when I found out. Uh, Max died. Now it probably happened earlier, but I was busy. I was busy as fuck that day, and I had to go to work later on that afternoon too. But I was busy as fuck that day. Um, so I found out about his death on my way to work that day. Um, and then I go on. Uh, well, I found out on Twitter, so I'm still on Twitter. But I look at the timeline to see what people are saying. If they're saying anything. And then I seen dude tweet. Um, he's going to down. Tonight he's going to. Basically drink an entire bottle of. Of Z-Quil. And. Uh, you know. Think about. Uh, that's his way of mourning Mac Miller. Who died of an overdose people. So this man thought. The appropriate way to mourn somebody that he is a fan of who died of an overdose was to abuse a drug. Now, I don't give a fuck if the drug or drugs Mac Miller overdosed on were non-prescription drugs. It's still a drug. And heck, a lot of those prescription joints... A lot more dangerous than street drugs, right? Now, I'm not going to say do street drugs and not medical drugs. No. I'm saying all this shit is toxic. Yep, I'm that guy. But dude bragging about downing Zequel. Now, again, he may have been fronting. He may have been trying to. You never know with people. Unless you ask, but he's the immature motherfucker that if you were to ask him about it, he's going to lash out on you about it because uh, he's just that person. And honestly, I'm not, you know, make me sound like an asshole. All, all, call me an asshole all you want. I don't give two fucks about this corny motherfucker, really. I just don't want to see the corniness anymore. And I know you could just hit that unfollow. Um... And I know once I do that, he's going to screenshot and then throw a sub at me, talk about how much he hated my tweets, but then he still followed me. And it wasn't like I was following him and then he followed back. It was literally, he tweeted something funny one time, this was a few months ago, and then I was, and I retweeted it, I guess. And he felt the need to go on my page and then he, or he felt the need to follow me. I don't really ask people why they follow me. I just, I'm grateful for the follow. Just like if you decide to subscribe to this channel, um, 
I'm not going to ask you, what made you hit that subscribe or follow button? Like, nah, I'm just grateful for it. Now, if you subscribe uh, or follow or whatever it is, and you do not tune into any episode, then I'm going to be, you know, the paranoid me is going to wonder, why the fuck you even hit that button if you're not even listening to all my episodes? Why are you really here? But... Yeah, it was it was just like that and and to everybody who feels as though that that is an appropriate response to somebody who and that's not even a repro- appropriate response to somebody uh to, for getting shot like if his response for xxxstation um I don't know if he mourned him but was oh man xxx just been shot and he's dead I'm going to drink this entire bottle of of Z-Quil and all this alcohol till I pass out. I that still would be dumb. But it sounds extra dumb knowing that you're doing that to mourn somebody who died of an overdose. And yes, you can overdose on medical drugs. Hence why there are warning labels on medical drugs. No matter the symptoms, the different side effects, they all have the same similarity of you can OD on this shit. And that's what the warning label, amongst the other things they're telling you could possibly happen to you. Why? That's why they're there. It's there. But then you got motherfuckers like this cornball who want to glorify that. Everybody. And yes, he's a millennial too, if you were wondering. And yes, I'm a millennial too. Shamefully at times. But yes, that's these are the people that I uh grew up with. If we're talking on the on a not on a physical aspect, but on a uh, you know, I guess a, a, a timeline aspect, numerical aspect, these are people I grew up with. Thinking this type of behavior is okay. And they call themselves fans. I don't know people. I'm just saying. This isn't. This this should be a learning, learning experience. Every tragic death. Should be a learning experience. You know. The people who died through due to a uh, 9/11 should be a learning experience of for governments especially, but for like for 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 on a moral aspect. What happens when you fuck with people, right? Or what happens when these decisions are being made, right? Every tragic death should be a learning experience. So when I see idiots glorifying abusing drugs, whether it's true or not, I again I don't know. It's still stupid and corny as hell uh, to even say something like that. And but then he had the nerve again. This is the same dude, by the way. And then I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna wrap it up um, and get into the actual topics of this episode. But it's the same dude that was talking about how. Um, he's blocking anybody who has some slanderous shit to say about Mac Miller. But my guy, 
if you're listening to this episode, because I don't know if he listens to it. I post on Twitter. Maybe he clicks on the links or not. But my guy, you know who you are because you were the only corny motherfucker that tweeted that shit. And you're the only corny motherfucker that I know um, that screenshots people who unfollow you just so you can complain about it. As if it's the end of the world. Okay. Um, but this isn't just geared toward that dude. It's geared toward everybody like this. Do you think Mac Miller would approve of you downing Z Quill or Day Quill or Quay Lose or, or whatever fucking drug there is abusing drugs or alcohol, medical drugs or street drugs or alcohol? Do you think he would approve of you doing that to mourn his death or anybody else's death? Mac Miller would even advise you not to do that. Mac Miller would advise you to get the hell. If you're really having issues with drugs and alcohol, substance abuse, he would invi- he would advise you to get the proper help that you deserve. So, mourning somebody who knows better by doing the complete opposite of what they would advise. Do you really think that's a smart decision? Get mad at me all you want. Say you're being too preachy all you want. But when Max says it or when everybody else says it, you half-ass listen to it. Because you listen to it, but then you don't actually listen to it. Because if you actually did listen, you would know tweeting some shit like that was stupid. And you should block your motherfucking self for tweeting stupid shit. As you said, you's gonna block people for tweeting stupid shit about Mac's death. And what I mean by block your motherfucking self, I mean you should delete your account. Because I know it's not physically it's not physically possible for someone to block themselves on Twitter or any other social media account. So it's kind of like they have to just delete their account. So you should do that, sir. Sir or madams, anybody who feels as though that going against what Mac would advise as a choice. Again, now if you're in the situation of a Mac Miller where your brain, it's in your DNA and it's hard and it's it's something that is hard to do. I still advise you whether your brain it's in your DNA or not. For you to get the proper help. And that's how I'm going to end off this. Once again. Rest in peace to Mac Miller. You was loved. You are loved. I still. No matter how I feel about your album. Albums. Songs. Whatever. I'm still going to remain a fan. Because you didn't make terrible music. And if we're talking about Mac Miller just on an artistry level, you didn't make terrible music, dude. You made good music. I'm not going to say I was a fan of all of your music or heck, not even the majority of the stuff you put out. But when you did put out something that I vibed with, 
I vibed with it hard. You know? And I still continue to vibe with it hard today. That's how great of an artist he is. This is a lot of songs from artists, even the ones I do like. I get bored of a lot of the music. Uh, a lot of the songs that they put out. If I listen to it over and over and over again, I get bored of it. That happens. But I find myself with Mac Miller, and this was not, this is again, not just me saying this because of his untimely passing. I've always felt this way about Mac. It was, you know what? I may not feel this project as much as, you know, other people are, but you know this song? I really like this song, and I can listen to this song every single day. So, I know you're actually, you're really resting in peace right now. And you're at peace. And even if you had the choice to come back, I don't even think you would choose that choice. Because when you really, 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 really listen to Max music, no matter how jokey it was, no matter how serious it was, it was all about finding peace, being at peace. When he made happy joints, it was, I want to be like this every single day of my life. When he wasn't making happy joints, it was, I want to be like, I want to be at peace every single day of my life. Well, Mac, you've got that peace, my bro. Rest in peace to you. Alright, so as I stated, we're on to the topics now. And if you hear that lovely sound outside, <laughs> it's the sound of rain. I mean, if you're li- I know you're listening on the Anchor app. There's going to be some background music you can hear. Um, I'm still wonders of those who uh, listen to the- these episodes on the Anchor app. Whereas everywhere else, obviously you don't hear that background music, but... You getting something today, you getting the sounds of rain, so how about that? Anyways, let's get on to this Nicki Minaj and Cardi B fight or altercation is what it really was, really. Um, And it was more so of a Nicki Minaj, well not Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj was there, yes. Uh, But she was there and obviously not fighting and not about that life as she portrays in her music. I'll get into that later on. Um discussing this very topic but this altercation between Nicki Minaj Ra Ali which is when uh well not Nicki Minaj but Cardi B and Ra Ali and and bodyguards basically right Ra Ali for those who don't know is one of Nicki Minaj's cronies that's the best way I can describe her as um I know she does, uh, she has a professional title of some sort, but when I looked on her Instagram uh, account, very gorgeous woman, but another gorgeous woman standing for Nicki Minaj. She is on there literally, whenever she's with Nicki Minaj, she's kissing Nicki Minaj's ass. Um, and it's crazy that you have two, you have grown ass adults because people always uh, equate the stands to teenagers, to kids. 
And in in um, cases, that's true. A lot of young stands out there are 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds, and even people in their early 20s. But, and I don't know how old Ra, Ra Ali is, but she looks older than all the age groups I just named. And this is a woman still standing, ridic- ridiculously standing for Nicki Minaj the way that she does. You know, I knew a, a woman who was 28 years old and was basically lived her life the same way, you know, standing for Nicki Minaj at, you know, ridiculously for Nicki Minaj. Now, uh, I'm not sure if I ever did an episode on like stands versus fans. I know I've discussed about it plenty of times. Um, I know I've probably written about it. It's a topic that I feel as though, um, if I were to, if I were to discuss it next week, I wouldn't have said anything new that I haven't already said about it before. Uh, you know, there's a clear difference between someone standing for somebody and someone who's just a fan. Um, but either or, th- this beef between Nikki and Cardi B, no matter what the stands are saying or how they're portraying it, it's ridiculous as fuck on both ends. Now, I'm giving you a warning right now. It's probably going to sound like I'm coming down more on Nicki Minaj than I am at Cardi B. And it's only sounding that way because I expect more from Nicki Minaj. Granted, she didn't throw a punch because she's not about that fucking life as she portrays in her music and all you rapidy rap hip hop. I like my rappers as real as they claim to be in their music. How do you, uh, you know, where does Nicki sit on your fucking list now? That's what I want to ask you. But she knows better. She knows way better not to get into situations like this. I think she was testing the waters a bit. She got a bit too comfortable. And she was testing the waters to see if Cardi B was indeed like her in all talk. But Cardi B clearly wasn't all talk. All right. And she has a knot on the basically top of her. You know, the top of her uh, right eyebrow. I mean, not right. The left eyebrow on her forehead. Um, She has a knot to prove that she's not, you know, just all talkity talk. Granted, it was a big ass six foot, maybe 200 pound something bodyguard. Male bodyguard, I should say. Who gave her that knot. But at the end of the day, she still was about the fighting. She was about fighting, all right? And I'm not saying that's the way to go. I said this thing is ridiculous on both ends, and I truly do believe it's ridiculous on both ends. This beef started, and this is me, someone from the outside looking in, telling you why this beef started. I got all the time today to go in on every topic. So I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, well, I never sugarcoat, but I ain't gonna suppress anything. This beef started over Nicki Minaj's insecurity and jealousy. That's what it is. And Cardi B not liking it. And Cardi B not liking being talked about. 
all right? Nikki's going to say, well, she came into the game not respecting me and blah, blah, blah. What she really means is she came into the game not kissing my motherfucking ass. Even though people can say to Nikki, well, you came into the game not respecting the women before you. Uh, that's kind of a false narrative. Because Nikki has praised Lauren Hill. She praised a lot of the females that were in the game before her. Not Little Kim, because Little Kim started with the their beef. The, uh, Kim and Nicki Minaj's beef was started by Kim. I'll give Nicki Minaj that. Nicki was the ND, the victim of that beef. Now all the other rap beefs that Nicki has had over the years, and I put beefs in quotation marks because, I mean, she's thrown shots at Iggy. But never really said her name. She's thrown shots at Azalea Banks, but never really said her name. She's thrown shots at any other female MC rap artist, whether you think their music is good or not, because she feels as though that she should be the only one and that she should have no competition. Because no competition means that she can slack off and no one's going to really notice how lackluster her fucking music is. Because if there is competition, she then now has to prove why she's a better rapper or a better artist than the competition. She doesn't want to do that. Now people can say, why why just compare her to other females? Nikki's comparing herself to other females. Because if she just saw herself as a rapper 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 she would be comparing herself to these other guys and there are a lot of guys that aren't better than Nicki Minaj there are guys who are but Nicki Minaj can out rap a lot of these fools especially Lil Yachty well I meant Lil Uzi Lil Lil Uzi Vert I was trying to I, I don't know why I said Lil Yachty I guess he takes the I mean, it is true. She does rap better than Yachty. But I was trying to say Uzi Vert. You know, they all the fucking same anyway. But somewhat the same. But, like, she raps better than those cats and a bunch of other fools. But she isn't threatened by them. She's She gets threatened by any female making waves. And if if Iggy's it, it, before Cardi popped, before uh, well, Azalea Banks never really popped it like that in the hip hop world. But before Cardi popped, right? When she was throwing her shots at Iggy Azalea, if if people, well, part of it is Iggy did get herself in a lot of the shit that you know people hate her for. Um, but if Iggy didn't go through all that. Let's just say Iggy was the type of white artist that we look at Eminem as. As someone who isn't, you know, I guess a cornball. I guess some people think Eminem is corny and stuff. And I didn't like his last album, but I don't think he's corny. I just think he's... Him and Nicki share the same qualities a lot. Uh, But... If people basically liked Iggy Azalea, is what I'm saying, 
I think Nicki Minaj would have continued throwing shots at Iggy. She would have been a lot more threatened at it. This this fear of Cardi B would have happened if Iggy was liked by black people. Let me just say that. If black people liked Iggy Azalea, she she would have this same fear. So let's not get it twisted about some, oh, Cardi B came into the game and didn't show respect. Iggy came into the game and said not a damn word. Literally came into the game and didn't say nothing. She just popped up out of the scene out of nowhere. To me at least, she popped up out of nowhere. Sounding like a black chick. I'm thinking this is a black chick on radio. Then I see her in interviews. The voice, her talking voice sounds nothing like what I heard on the radio. And that, on top of other shit Iggy got herself into, is what got a lot of people to, a lot of black people. I'm going to say black because you look at Iggy's crowd now. And I'm not saying nobody black um, likes her. But it's typically white girls like Iggy Azalea who want a butt like Iggy Azalea, but they don't. But they act just like Iggy Azalea who like her. And it's gay guys. So, that's her crowd. Nikki already got a bunch of gay fans. And I don't think... And her pop songs get the white girls. So, she doesn't feel any type of threat. It's the fickle black fans that she feels threatened of losing. She has a fear of losing to Cardi B ass. Because we see Cardi B and we see how, quote, real she is. How she doesn't act a certain, well, she doesn't, she doesn't put on a certain act or whatever, right? Now, again, I'm not saying Cardi B's way of handling things is the most mature, smartest way, because it's not. I mean, I'd be the first to tell you how I think Cardi B is just a bad representation of women, not because of the way she acts. It's because of what she decides to deal with and how she deals with issues. Cardi B will get cheated on 50 times by Offset. Continue to get cheated on and still stay with the nigga. But Cardi B will want to fight a chick for not liking her music. She, instead of getting mad at Offset, and then she want to, you know, take a Beyonce lyric and and copy and say, oh, if you cheat on me again, you're going to lose your wife. Um, Offset treated on you again And you're still his wife I'm not getting into all that Right now Shit it's none of my business anyways I said my piece about their relationship I said what I said And nothing's going to change about it So I don't, I don't even see myself Speaking more so about it in the future So I have my gripes With both Nicki Minaj and Cardi B but this type of behavior is is expected of Cardi B. People tend to forget this girl was on Love & Hip Hop before she even got off Love & Hip Hop. <laughs> you know? 
she was fighting on the show. I'm assuming. I didn't watch it, but I know she was on Love of Hip Hop. People were saying she, when she was first coming up, she was fighting. All in her Instagram videos, before she even got on Love & Hip Hop, she talked about fighting. So, when she goes from 25 years of being that, and I'm not saying all her 25 years of living, she's she's been that type of girl uh, or woman. But, when you go from living the majority of your life handling situations... By fighting a bitch and staying with no good niggas, that's a harder habit to break for a lot of people. A lot of women that be in those situations. I'm not making an excuse. I'm not saying, you know, they have, I'm not making any type of excuse for them at all. There's no excuse for the way Cardi B acts um, when it comes to decision making. I'm not talking about her personality. I'm not talking about how. Quote ghetto she acts. Because Nicki Minaj is the same exact exact way. She just has a softer voice than Cardi. It's less raspy. That don't make her less. Of this quote ghetto. If that's how, how you want to categorize it. Because the same people. Who want to call Cardi. Call Cardi ghetto or the same ones praising praising Nicki Minaj for when she is acting the same way. So get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I ain't got a problem with the way Cardi acts. I just have a problem with her decision making. I think at 25 years old, yes, she is still young, but she should be making smarter decisions than what she is making right now. When it not not only when it comes to her relationships, but when it comes to how she reacts to drama. So that's all I have to say about Cardi. The rest is all on Nikki. Nikki Minaj again, if uh, if she's not in her 40s, is damn near 40. Much older than Cardi B, much older than I am. She is way too old and her friends are way too old to be in situations like this. I'm not saying she has to like Cardi B. I'm not saying Cardi B has to like her. But if I was to add on to the fuckery, it's either put up or shut up. Cardi B had it right in that situation. Nicki Minaj has been throwing shots after shots after shots after shots after mother freaking shots at Cardi B for the longest. She even said it would be on site. But I think when Nicki Minaj says it's on site, I think what she means is when it's on site, she's just going to sit there and look at you as you get beat up by her bodyguards. That's on site. It's on sightseeing. That's what she means. Because she ain't trying to fight. And again, all you Nicki Minaj is so real. I love my hip hop artists to be real. What you gonna say to Nicki? Now, if Nicki got on her little queen radio, 
got on her music and said, you know what? I don't fight. I talk shit. And exactly what she did that night was exactly what she's always said she does. She just talks shit. She's just a talker, not a fighter. Then Nicki Minaj would be so real. Then you'd have a love, you have a reason to love her because she's so real. But this situation, and I'm not surprised. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't get me fucked up. I knew Nicki wasn't, you know, if it came or one. I didn't know, I didn't think it would ever come to this. Where they would actually be so close to where... I mean, the MTV Awards, uh, the VMAs that just passed, was my first time seeing them even in the same building. You know what I'm saying? Nikki was front row, Cardi would be, uh, was on the stage. But that's as close as I've ever seen them together. One front row, one on stage. But the camera people knew <laughs> not to pan to Nicki Minaj as Cardi B is being Cardi B on stage when she introduced what's his name? Uh something Mendez, Shane Mendez, Sean Mendez, whoever the fuck this guy is. So <clears throat> I have I, I also want to know the people at this venue, this thank you was some fashion week thing. I don't think I'm not blaming them at all. I'm, the people I'm blaming was is everybody in this situation. I'm not even blaming the bodyguards. They were doing what they were doing. Granted, did homeboy have to nod up uh, Cardi B the way that he did? Nah, but probably Cardi B hit him. Probably Cardi B was, and I'm not saying, oh, your woman hits a man. It's all, nah. I'm not saying it's all fair game for him to knock her face up and, you know, break bones and shit. Like, nah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but this is a bodyguard. His job is to protect whoever he's guarding with his body. So, you know, I mean, if you want to take the literal sense of what a bodyguard is, there it goes. But I, you know, if y'all not going to hate each other in silence, duke it out. I'm gonna need another glass of water, you know, after this segment. But, uh, no, seriously, though. If y'all not gonna fight, if y'all not gonna hate each other in silence, it's like I said, they do not have to like each other. People could be like, you gotta stop. Nick Millen Drake just made up. Why can't Cardi B and Nicki Minaj make up? Sure, that's a valid question to ask. Why can't they just make up like Meek and Drake did? But you can tell those two guys came to an understanding where both parties most likely admitted to their wrongdoings and then apologized. So unless Nicki Minaj and Cardi B can do that, then they're not going to look like each other. And that's okay. You want to know why? Because you're not going to like everybody you come in contact with. Heck, you're not going to like everybody in the world. The perfect world. Yes, we all like everybody. You'd like me and I like you. But guess what? Chances are that if you are listening to this and you don't already like me, you're probably not going to like me. And chances are, whoever the fuck you are, you may be someone listening to this, and I don't like you. 
Now, if I don't know you, that's a different story. I can't, I can't dislike you because I don't know you, right? But it could be a chance that somebody who does not like me is still listening to this episode for some odd reason, right? Whatever's going through their head. It is what it is. So I'm not forcing them. I'm not going to be like, yeah, and in the perfect world, in hindsight, if we're talking about uh, positivity, yes, these two women should be, should get along. But that's not going to be, that's not the case. So it goes like this. And I'm talking to everybody, not just these two women. If you can't dislike somebody without, you know, having an altercation with them, then you're just going to have to be on your guard whenever y'all meet, y'all, y'all cross paths. Don't get on your radio stations, whatever your, that could be literally or figuratively speaking. Don't get on your radio stations victimizing yourself yet again starting shit with somebody and then victimizing yourself yet again the way Nicki Minaj does she's way too old to be doing that shit and she thinks well it isn't me it's this this person that person and her dumbass cronies will be the first ones to tell you yep I did it these are adults that Nikki has wrapped around her fucking fingers. Adults who are close to close in age to Nicki Minaj. If not, probably a few years younger. Other than that, I don't give a fuck if they were in their 20s. Like myself and Cardi B. Y- you're not gonna... You're damn sure not gonna have me wrapped around your finger. Hell nah. And I can't say the same for Cardi B because uh, a little offset or, you know, whoever, which whatever, which whatever, you know, whichever Migo she fucking has her wrapped around their finger. So that's that. But you're not going to get me wrapped around your finger. Twist me and bend me and, and toy with me in any, 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 any way you want me to. Like you can do with Raw Ali and any other stand out there. Nah. That's just pitiful. And that's all I got to say about that. Alright, so back a day later. But we're going to finish off this episode. And if you hear some, I guess, splishy, splashy sound. (laughs) Forget about it. Nah. Uh, It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But... Let's talk about how uh, I'm going to be a fan of Nike for life. All right. Yep. I'm a Nike for lifey. So anybody got an issue with that listening to this? Uh, Deal with it. It's not your feet. The one that's going to be rocking Nike kicks. It's my feet. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be your your torso rocking Nike hoodies. It's my torso. So if you got a problem with it, simply just don't buy Nikes. But Um, you don't dictate what the fuck I wear, just like I don't dictate what the fuck you wear, but I got some new balance for you, I can sell them on the low low, you know what I'm saying, some fresh new balances for you, if that's more of your steeds, because you're mad at Nike for basically siding with Colin Kaepernick, now, I'm pretty sure those, uh, 
are who are listening to this are well aware of you know the Nike ad and what they are standing for, uh, and I, I'm with it. I'm 100% behind Nike, uh, not just because of this, uh, because of how they stand up for uh, equality of of just all, just for 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 LGBT people, equality for women, especially equality for people of different religions. And of course, as you see, uh, people of, you know, different uh, nationalities, right? Skin color, race. Um, so props to you, Nike. I'm already, I'm, I mean, I've already made it loud and clear on social media, on Twitter, that you guys have me as a fan for life. Um, you keep, um, you know, you, you keep supporting what is right in the world. And this goes to any brand, any anything that keeps supporting what is right in the world and keep making great decision making. Uh, you will have me as a fan. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to them. I wanted to speak a lot about the backlash Nike is getting um, from the morons who are saying shit like, oh, watch the brand die. He's going to the stock is going to die and watch him. You know, Donald Trump and his his just mindless followers, uh, uh, you know, probably some of the most moronic individuals on the planet. Um, because I would like to bet any amount of money. Shit, I, I would, I'd even bet amounts of money that I don't even have. You, and, you know, get myself in and risk getting myself in debt, it's not going to happen, let me make that clear, but risk facing debt for the rest of my life, I'm willing to bet that type of money to every moron who's saying Nike is going to fall because of this, I'm willing to bet that the opposite is going to happen, that Nike doesn't fall, and Nike continues to grow, heck, it will even get bigger and bigger and bigger as a company, because of the stance that they're taking, not only just with Kaepernick, but with Serena Williams and what they are doing as I hope when it comes to uh, spreading awareness and just social justice. Again, I'm willing to bet anybody, any fucking buddy, amounts of money I do not have. And I'm pretty sure, no, I'm willing to bet, I'm not pretty sure, I'm willing to bet that you don't have that much money either. So, we'll see who's going to land in debt for the rest of our lives if we really made that bet seriously, alright? I never make bets that I know for sure that I'm not going to uh, win. I only bet, only make bets on on things that I'm 100% certain that I'm going to win. All the bets I've made, I've won. Simple as that. (laughs) But, uh, um, you know, shout out to Nike. I don't know what else to say, honestly. I know this episode has been long enough. I know people are going to bring up, Oh, if Nike's so damn woke, how come they're using child labor law? Let me get on that argument real quick. Number one, the same folks who use that same argument... Y'all don't really care about the children, so shut the fuck up. Because some of your favorite brands, while you tweeted that from your iPhone, the latest iPhone or the oldest of old iPhones you have, the iPhone is made by 
you guessed it, child ch- child laborers, right? Child workers. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like I am well-educated on the conditions of uh, when I did when I first heard about child labor laws, you know, and child labor in general. Yeah, it was they were uh, children being forced to do jobs for very little pay, and it, the conditions were shitty as fuck. That's a problem. But, and I'm no advocate for forcing late children to work. But let's just say these countries that these children are working in, right? These these children reside and they're working for companies like Apple or Nike or maybe New Balance or whoever, right? And they're making whatever product is being made. Who's to say that the conditions did not get better for those children? Now, again, I'm not advocating forcing children to work for, you know, way less than minimum wage. And, you know, having burnt out conditions and stuff. There's a lot of issues with a lot of companies that they're doing um, immoral things. But all we can do as a society, we meaning you and me, as individuals in society, is do our best to make, you know, to make things better. Um, you know, these same folks, again, and I don't care if you are a Trump supporter or not, if you're making arguments such as, oh, Nike is not so woke because they use child laborers to make their shoes. Um, if you're riding a car that uses gas, guess what? You're fucking up the environment. You're causing global, global warming. Why don't you care about that? That's an issue. I could, I, you know, with one thing you point out about a, a company, uh, one immoral thing you're claiming to not support, which again, if, it, if Nike said to hell with Serena Williams, to hell with Colin Kaepernick, to hell with the LGBT community, to hell with Muslims, you wouldn't, you would still be rocking your Nikes because those, oh my God, those child workers, they didn't, you didn't give a fuck about them when you bought them old dusty pair of Nikes back in 2001 anyways. So shut the fuck up. Like, I, the, the fake outrage these people have is, is just crazy. And it's all because they hate black people. That's right. Kanye said George Bush doesn't care about black people. No, nah, nah. George Bush, George Bush isn't a racist. He's an idiot, but he isn't a racist. But I'll show you who the real idiots are, Kanye. Or the morons who who claim to be your fans because you wore a MAGA hat. The same morons who are against Nike simply because they had Colin Kaepernick, a guy they hate, simply because he brings up he he is bringing awareness to police brutality, and then they and they hate Serena Williams simply because she's a black woman dominated in a black in a not a black but a white male dominated sport you know you, you, you these people cannot convince me that they're not racist 
These people cannot convince me otherwise as to why they're so butthurt as to why Colin Kaepernick has a, is the face of Nike's 30-year anniversary ad or something like that, right? 30 years? Nike's only been around for 30 years, though? I may be mistaken, but Nike, if Nike's only a few, few years older than I am, I feel old as fuck because I felt like a lot of these brands been around, you know, since I, you know, been around longer than me. So I know Adidas has to be longer than me because if Run DMC was rocking them in the 80s and I was born in 91, clearly Adidas is the older brand. But, you know, as we, I'm, I'm pretty sure we all know, older doesn't necessarily mean better. Nike is the better brand. Um, and I used to be a, a, an Adidas head, but, you know, I'm, a, I'm rocking with Nike right now. So... Yeah, they're not they're not paying me. They they're not paying me to shout them out. They don't sponsor me at all. Heck, if I had a Nike sponsorship, that'd be dope. But guess what? I'm still riding with them regardless. And all you racists out there, you keep denying your racism. You can keep denying your racism. I'm not encouraging you to deny it. You should live your your truth. Your racism is your truth, and that's a problem. And you should get help. With every issue that you have in your life. Okay? Live your truth. Even the ugly truths. The ugly truths need to be resolved. So you live a life that isn't so ugly. Okay? And then you won't be an ugly racist. So that's that. Alright, so last uh, but not least, I guess. I don't know. Lastly... I just want to end off this episode by saying what I plan on doing with this station. Uh, well, you know, this episode, you know, these episodes of the Let's Talk About a Podcast, just the base episodes, not the insecure wrap ups. You know, don't leave questions for me there. Um, but if you have questions about the show, um, they will be answered at the end of these episodes, uh, no matter what the topic is. I plan on doing a, a Q&A where you all could just send in your questions, okay? So you can either call up and uh, leave your question there, and then obviously it will be answered by me um, at the end of every episode, or you can hit me up on <clears throat> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you can find me there, uh, Tumblr maybe, Leave your question wherever you know I have a social media account. Leave it there. Um, and then I will answer it at the end of, you know, the following week's episode, basically. Um, that's something I want to introduce. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, excited and looking forward to all of your questions. It could, this could be advice type of questions. This could be maybe possibly personal questions about yourself, about myself as well. Um, and you have the option to, if you obviously have a personal question about yourself, um, you could just tell me not to say your name and not to say your, per you know, yeah, if you don't want your name to be mentioned, um, I won't mention your name. But you ask me a question and I'll give you a shout out basically. Um, 
you know, if you want to remain anonymous, I'll just say anonymous, you know, shout out to anonymous, whoever. And you obviously know because you listen to the episode and you know that's your question and you know that's your shout out. But if you're not trying to remain anonymous, I'm going to say your name and shout out to whoever for asking this question. So that's that. Looking forward to answering your questions and getting your questions. But that will be the end of this episode of Let's Talk About It podcast. I appreciate the listen. If you've listened, make sure you share this episode to everybody you know. And if you're not already subscribed or following, whatever the case may be, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow. Whatever the case is, make sure you do that so you never miss an episode of Let's Talk About a Podcast. This has been your host, Ernest. So you love Ernest. Same guy, different name. Stay black if you're black. Stay beautiful. Black Lives Matter. And I'm out. Rest in peace. Mac Miller once again.